hey hey everyone this is prashant and i'll be your host for this section of the mailman podcast called 321 with mailman to quickly talk about the format the guests will be required to share three ideas or books they live by two people they look up to and one productivity trick they use in their everyday lives for those of you who do not know mailman Mailman is a simple email plugin that sits on top of your existing email client and delivers your emails in batches at times pre-selected by you. Hence, minimizing distractions, facilitating deep work and making inbox zero an everyday reality. You can start your free trial at mailmanhq.com. That is m a i l m a n h q.com. Today we have with us Cory Su Cory works for Demaki where he served as CTO from 2007 to 2017. He is simultaneously building a solopreneur empire one business at a time. His projects include SaaS Pegasus, the Django SaaS boilerplate. Another project he's building is Place Card Me. What he hopes is the best way to make printable place cards on the internet. On his website Cory calls himself a one man open startup what that means is he shares his progress towards financial independence publicly on his website corizoo.com now i'll let cory say a few opening words for us cory we are so glad to have you here yeah thanks thanks so much for for having me on so yeah just to quickly say a bit about myself um so i was the the cto of of this company demagi um kind of saw it through growing from maybe three or four people all the way up to about uh 150 some odd people and then started getting uh realizing that it, that my role as as the sort of CTO of this big company was no longer aligned with uh what I was interested in doing in the world and so um took a took a six month sabbatical to sort of figure out my life and decided that I really loved building products online I'm a developer by trade um and I was also interested in exploring um internet entrepreneurship and figuring out whether you could um make sort of small businesses online one one person companies um and uh and potentially make make a living out, out of that so I became I became very interested in the idea of freedom of of sort of like having dictating my own schedule working for myself earning money passively um decoupling my my income from from the hours that I worked and, and all those things and have been uh since then have been experimenting a lot um with various products and and trying to achieve that that's a very interesting story of coming from an executive role uh to going all on your own and running everything on your own uh, that's a very ex- exciting story i'm glad you took that sabbatical and that got you in here yeah So now let's move into the very exciting questions we have lined up for you. So the first question goes, what are the three ideas or books that you live by? Yeah, so the first one I think kind of emerges from that uh sabbatical period. Um and and really comes down to sort of like designing your own life or or being very intentional about what you choose to do in your life. And I think it's um It, it sounds kind of obvious like very common sense advice like oh yeah of course you should do the things you want but i think it's very common for uh people to sort of you know 
not know what they want to do when they graduate from university and then end up in a particular job and just end up on a on a path and and not really think deeply about am I doing the things that I want to be doing or you know where, where do I get my energy and and you know why am I even working like like you know are there are there what other mechanisms exist to to meet the goals of of you know financial stability or, or whatever else um and so yeah just just this again obvious sounding uh idea of just like taking a lot of time to to think about your life and be intentional about um you know your career and 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 the decisions that you make um so i guess that's the first one do you want me to should i just plow through all yeah. of them or sure 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 you can just uh go with all of them <clears throat> okay and then we can talk more yeah okay um the second one is is kind of related and um it's it's the idea of career capital um and i first i first heard about it through um a website called eighty thousand hours which which is designed to help people sort of figure out uh what they want to do and with their lives and and it's got a bit of like a do-getting slant to it um but but career capital is one of those things where it's like related to the first point if, you, if you're not sure what you want to do um you can at least sort of improve yourself by gaining new skills building your network uh and and so thinking of your own career as an asset and an asset or even an asset class or something, I don't know, that can grow over time. You can accrue more career capital in the form of new skills, in the form of relationships, in the form of um, all of these things. And I, I found that to be a really useful one as well. So even when I'm, you know, when I'm building a new product and I'm not sure if the product is going to be successful or whatever else, um, at least I can know, oh, well, I'm like, I'm learning how to do marketing now, or I'm, I'm learning this new piece of technology or, or whatever it is. Um, so that's, that's another one that I think is really a useful framework. And then the last one, uh, I'll use a book. Um, and the book is uh, Let My People Go Surfing, which is the story of uh, Yvonne Chowdhury, I think is his name, but the, the founder of Patagonia. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I probably got his name wrong. But he, it's had an impact on me in a, in a few different ways. I think the, the biggest one is just sort of like thinking about the simple ways in which you can make a positive impact on the world. And so like his, his example, and one of the founding ethos of Patagonia was just like, oh, you should always repair your clothes when you can, you shouldn't throw them away and buy new clothes, even though that's at odds with Patagonia making more money. Um, like he, he was an environmentalist and he was, he was like, you know, you shouldn't throw away a, a jacket because it's got a little tear in it. You can, you can fix that. And then, you know, you're not creating all this waste in the world. Um, so that now, you know, every time, I get a pole in my clothes or something like that. I'll I'll sew them up, and and I also appreciated his thoughts on just sort of like building, building calm companies and and sort of like you know not necessarily prioritizing uh, the bottom line at all costs, but also thinking about you know taking care of your people and and making sure that uh, you're happy that your employees are happy and and all of that. Yeah, that's actually very really interesting, uh, and I would like to share that uh, we have uh, hosted. Uh, Amir, the founder of Doist, on the same uh, shortcast, and he shared the same book recommendation as well. So it was there. Uh, cool. Yeah. So he's also very inspired by the founder of Appentagonia and how he builds his companies and everything. And that's very similar to how actually Doist is built, very calm and composed, and everything is asynchronous, people first approach, right? So he has taken a big inspiration from him. 
And talking about the very interesting concept that you shared, which I haven't heard before about the career capital that do like, even if you don't know what you're doing or what you want to do, even if you're still building skills and networking and getting to meet new people, getting new learnings, you're still, you know, growing. Uh, even if you don't know if that's the right direction or not, you're still gaining from that experience. And that concept of career capital needs to be popularized because I think so many people believe that they don't know where they're going or they, they're not sure if they're going in the direction they really want to. But if they get this idea that it's fine, I'll figure out eventually. But right now, let's get what I'm getting out of this, right? So that approach is really cool. Also about the sabbatical, that how it's, it's never bad to take a break, whatever you're doing. We feel that it's, we can't afford it, right? We can't afford to take breaks. But that's so not mm-hmm. true. It can totally change your life. Like I believe it did for you, right? How? Yeah. And, and you know, like it's, if you, if you think about, you know, like a person and then they like, they face some direction and then they start running Yeah. and, and you can run and run and run and run. But, but if the actual destination that you should be is not in the right direction, uh-huh. then then you're just going to be running to, you know, the wrong place essentially. And so, yeah. So, so taking a sabbatical, taking, taking some time to think about like, Oh, am I actually mm-hmm. going in the direction that I want to be going? And then, and then reorienting yourself so that, you know, you can keep, keep running and, and getting, you know, ever closer to, to figuring that out, I think is, is really useful. And, and people underestimate that, you know, like, like life always feels busy. Mm-hmm. You always feel like you should be sprinting, but, but, it's rare to, to ask, you know, am I, am I even sprinting to the right place? Right. Also, just a small follow-up question on that. Uh, when you say that you took a sabbatical, uh, what does that mean? Did you not do any external work or did you go for a vacation? What? what <laughs> yeah. It was a mix. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was basically a six to seven month period where I was unaffiliated with the company. Okay. Um, wasn't being paid mm-hmm. and I, I kicked it off with a vacation just to get a nice break mm-hmm. um we actually took our honeymoon uh for the first two weeks and and that was where i just did a lot of like big picture thinking like what am i going to do and how am i going to spend my time and stuff and then but then after that i i i pretty quickly you know i i'm the type of person who uh gets antsy if i'm not working on something i i, I can't sort of sit on a beach forever i would go crazy and so so pretty quickly I started working um, not as many hours as I had been working before, um, but closer to a full-time job, like like 40 hours a week and and spending time working on my own projects. Uh, and and eventually I did a few other a few other things for other people, but but it was mostly spent working working on my own projects and uh, doing a bit of writing and and uh, things like that. Yeah, that, that sounds very exciting. And a lot of people fear doing that, but I feel that it's every time it's worth it. You get out with more clarity, you know, what you want to do and stuff like that. So it's definitely worth it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously assumes that you are in the position of privilege to be able to to not work, not not get paid for, for six yeah. months, which I know, I know a lot of people aren't in that position, but. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. It would require a little amount of privilege on your side. You should have a little bit of backing to do that. Uh, or maybe you should build that for yourself that you can do that when you require right so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll quickly uh, 
switch over to the next interesting question I have lined up for you. That is, who are the two people that you look up to the most and why? Yeah, this, this was a hard one for me. Um, so I, I don't know if these would be two best people, but there were, there were two names that came to mind. Um, the, first, the first is Paul Graham, uh, the founder of, of Y Combinator. And, and the reason I look up to him is, is more that um, it's, it's not because he, you know, he's this impressive startup founder and he made this accelerator and he's, he's worth all this money. Um, but I appreciate how his career has, has progressed even, even with all that success. Um, and he's still like these days, I, I don't know to what extent he's involved in the day-to-day at, at Y Combinator. Um, but, but from as far as I can tell, he spends most of his time thinking about the world, writing essays. Uh, I think he, he spent two years writing like his own programming language, just, just for kicks. I, I don't know. I don't know why he did it. Um, but, but, uh, I think because it interested him, yeah. uh, I, I get the sense based on his Twitter and the way he talks about his kids that he's also like, he, you know, family's important to him. Being a good father is important to him. Um, teaching his kids about, his views on the world and and how to be independent thinkers and all that. Um, so so yeah, I think he's he's someone that I that I really look up to. Um, and then the other name that came to mind is uh, Tim Urban, who is uh, he's a writer. Uh, he he makes he makes the blog Wait But Why, right? Uh, which is a blog that has it kind of covers a lot of different topics. Um, I think the way he he writes is he just he finds something that interests him and then he researches it for weeks or for months and then he comes up with uh, usually these super long form essays about it um, usually with these kind of like funny illustrations and and graphs and other things to kind of explain these complicated topics in layperson terms um, but I think maybe similar to to Paul Graham I think he's like. He's just kind of like he's interested in pursuing his own interests. He's he's humble, um, and I think I think he and I, I most of the topics that he's interested in, I find myself also very interested in, and and so I think we just have like kind of like similar worldviews or something like that. Um, so I, I really enjoy reading all of his stuff. Yeah, Th- those are two amazing people that you just recommended, and one thing that both of both of them have in common that. Uh, both of them are very curious about a set of things and both of them share their curiosity with the rest of the world that they write out their curiosity so that the world can you know connect with them on the same things and uh, for myself personally the longest blogs that i read are from wait but why and the kind of research he puts in especially the series that he did on elon musk when he talked about the different uh, aspects of companies that he works on and the science behind them and why their future looks promising or not promising, right? So that was really interesting to me, uh, especially. So yeah, those are two very cool people. Uh, moving on to my uh, last question for you. What's the number one productivity trick that you find super helpful in your everyday life? Yeah, so um, this one, I've, I've been doing it for maybe almost my whole career, maybe 15 years or something. But um, I, I track like literally every minute that I spend on a computer. Um, I keep track of what I'm doing. 
And so I use, I use software to, to track my time. And, and then, um, so at the end of every week or every month or every year, I can look back and I can say, oh, I spent, you know, 270 hours exercising this year. I, I also track exercise, but, um, or I can, you know, I spent a hundred hours checking email or like working on, you know, this particular product. And I, I find it's really useful because, um, well, first of all, because it encourages me to stay focused. So like, like if I, if I know I'm logging time to, you know, working on a product and then I'm like, you know, somehow I get, I get lost in a Reddit thread or something like that. I'm like, wait a minute, no, this is like, this is wrong. And I'm, I'm not going to go change my, like I'm, I'm anal about it. So like if, if I was actually messing around, I would stop logging time, but I'm like, no, I don't want to stop working. Like I want to keep working on this. And then, so it's an incentive that way to just to, to stay really focused. And then the data is really interesting once you start zooming out and you can see, you know, you can see where a lot of time goes in ways that you don't um, always anticipate, you know, like you might think, oh, like, you know, I, I only have like two hours of meetings a week. That's not that big a deal. But then when you realize like, oh, that's actually, you know, like 10% of my time is spent in meetings. And, and that's, that sounds like a bigger deal. Um, and so like, yeah, so anyway, I, I find having both the micro incentives of, of staying focused and then the macro sort of like big picture view of like, oh, did I actually, you know, I said I was going to spend, you know, 20% of my time on this project this month. Did I do that? No, why not? Okay, well, now now I'm going to look at the data every every day or every week and make sure that I'm like staying on track because like I, this, I said this thing was important to me and I'm, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so I find that to be a really, a really helpful process for me. I think, I think it is a, it's getting in the habit of doing it is, is a big leap. So you gotta, you gotta get over this hump where it feels really annoying to constantly be, be updating what you're doing, like tracking, track, you know, figuring out what you're working on and, and updating the software. But then once, once you, once it becomes second nature, then it, um, I find it very helpful. Yeah. Th that's a very interesting approach. Uh, that's, uh, really micro tracking you uh, yourself by the minute is really difficult. I do it broadly in my day as well that, okay, these are the things that I'm going to work on. And at the end of the day, I'll, I'll look back at, okay, did I do those things or not? But going by the minute or by the hours, I didn't do that. Uh, I'm curious, how do you track it like uh, to maintain its you know preciseness that, okay, if you're, say you are working on something, but then you get distracted by a Reddit thread. So are you going to immediately track it that, okay, I've stopped working here and now I've started looking into that Reddit thread. Are you going to track that? Yeah. I mean, I kind of have like probably like a five minute grace period or something like that. So, okay. you know, if, if I, if I get up to go to the bathroom or if I'm going to make a cup of coffee or whatever it is, I'm not going to like stop, stop my time tracking and come back and start it again. Um, so, so I allow myself to have sort of like minor distractions, uh, right. but but yeah, like I think if you develop the habit and if you're uh, disciplined, then you don't actually get distracted substantially. Like, like you you sort of you recognize when you're distracted, and then and then you stop being distracted um, because because you're logging time to something else, or at least that's that's how it manifests for me. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes sense uh, when you are, you know, really mindful of uh, what you really should be doing. And if you don't get it done, then you become more mindful of it over time that, okay, I don't have to get distracted. Then as a result, I will not be able to accomplish what I really want to. So that definitely makes you more 
uh, careful of your approach to spending your time at the right things. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I learned the habit on, on the job. And, and for a while, I was tracking my time for a company, uh, mm -hmm. which is a different type of thing. And that can feel kind of surveillance-y or creepy or whatever else. But then, but once you're just tracking it for yourself, like when you're your own client of, of yeah. consuming the data, then, then the incentives are, work really well, you know, and you can be both like, you can be your boss and your employee and you can give yourself a hard time for getting distracted, but like, you're not, there's nobody else sort of like looking over your shoulder or getting down on you. So it's, it, it works out. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely makes sense. When you be your own boss, you can, you can be as mean as possible <laughs> because it's just you, right? Yeah. So that's an amazing perspective. Uh, a lot of people, uh, might go out and try that one to start micro tracking where their minutes are going. That's an interesting approach. So those were all the questions that I had for you. And I loved all the answers that you gave, the ideas, the people, the productivity trick that you shared, all of them, right? Uh, so lastly, I would ask you that if our audience wants to reach out to you or they want to follow along your journey of how you're building this portfolio of businesses, what would be the best place for them to follow you or connect with you yeah I'm, I'm most active on twitter um and so i'm i'm czu there c uh, z u e uh and then uh i also post kind of at least monthly updates on my on my website which is just my name coryzu.com c-o-r-y-z-u-e.com um so those are those are the two places where where i'm usually uh talking super nice so i will plug all of those links uh, in the description below so that people can access it uh, easily, right? And uh, so that was it. And I am so glad that you made time for this and uh, the insights that you sh shared were great. And I'm sure our audience will take out some notes from this. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Cool, this is fun. Thanks, Thanks for having me on.